0: Know what to eat, but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, sally Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, sally Ann with you and really excited today to have Angela, Angela Mills, our resident fitness expert. Hi. Hello, sally Ann and hello everyone else. <laughs> yeah, and we're doing a really lovely session today with Angela for International Women's Day. So we're going to be focusing on the types of exercise and movement that's recommended for women.
1: That's right. And that is quite an interesting point in itself. Are there specific types of exercises that are recommended especially for women, you know, which are different to what we would recommend for men. And yeah, you were talking earlier, just before
0: we started about the, uh, the very obvious lack of research in this area historically. Yeah, and it was a bit surprising to me in mm. some ways. And I suppose I have always been interested in exercise and tried different types of sports and outdoor activities. But then to realize there's actually not that much about it. And the only thing I can remember was the first time that I went to Nepal, I was reading up on altitude acclimatization. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see any research of women at at at, high altitude. It was all about men. So that's really the only time personally I've Mm -hmm. sought out that research. So I know mine was quite specific, but... I hear what you're saying. Yeah,
1: and it's and it's look, and it's not just in fitness; it's it's in women's health in general. Very often, when we talk about types of illnesses, especially when it comes to heart health, where women, spot, you know, if they have heart issues, are very different to how men, you know, they present themselves. There's been such little research historically on it. When it comes to research papers in the past on exercise, like what amount of exercise is is right for you, what type of exercise, how does the body respond to it, recovery rates, all those sorts of things. Predominantly, it's been done on young male subjects. And I can see why researchers do it because they're an easy, you know,
0: sort of target to actually work with. But the reality is we all know women respond very differently to exercise, to what men do. Oh, definitely. And then, of course, what I'm excited about today, Mm -hmm. Angela, we're going to be talking about that just because of who we are and our interests and also our body shape that there's some exercises that are going to be more suitable for some women and not others as well. So that's why we can take the pressure off us ladies and actually go with the type of exercise that we enjoy and is good for us. So that leads me into my first question, Angela, is what types of exercise should women be looking at doing? Okay. Look, in that respect, the types of exercises, you know, they're not very gender
1: specific. How we do them would be. But on the whole, I would say probably the the key thing we need to be doing is getting our heart rate up. And as much as, you know, there are many other things that are good for us, such as strength training and balance and the rest of it, I always come back to, you know, cardiac exercise, which a lot of us avoid because we just don't like the, I guess, the physical discomfort of, you know, just getting our heart rate up and what it feels like. But at the end of the day, that is probably the most important type of fitness that we need to be doing. And I guess many of us associate that with being like, you know, high, high heart rates, you know, to the point where you're sweating and vomiting and and just not enjoying it. But it doesn't have to be that because it can be moderate type of heart rate increases, which is what we get from just walking, which is probably the easiest way to get into it. But I'd say probably as a starting point, you know, cardiac fitness is the key one. But let's we'll come back to that at another point, if not today, some other day, I'm sure. But let's move on to some of the others. Strength. Uh, We need strength because we don't want to be frail, especially as we get older. We want to have the ability to you know, lift things, be able to do them with good form as well. We also want to make sure that we've got strong bones through life and especially in the second half of our life as well, where it becomes a real issue for women. Osteoporosis, the losing of bone density is very real and being able to do strength training, building our muscles up is what's really going to build our bones up. And so making sure we have some of that in our routine is quite important. And then we come to many other things which help us to get those two things right. Flexibility which gives us the ability to have good range of movement and also good mobility
0: with anything we do. Yeah, just interrupt here because I know this is something ladies tell me so often with Mm -hmm. children and grandchildren, just being able to get down to the floor and back up again or pick something up that they've Mm -hmm. dropped. And, And this is where we start to see the practical implications of being able to move just to do everyday tasks. Absolutely, and it is something that we we tend to lose
1: through life and a bit like balance, which we'll come to in a moment, these are the sort of things that we lose subtly. We don't even realise that we're losing our flexibility. Our ability to even straighten our legs completely is something that we lose as we get older. Ankle mobility, which is so important for posture, for being able to do other types of exercises, for just being able to you get the whole body move, you know moving yeah. in a way in sync is very important and we tend to lose a lot of this as we get older so maintaining our flexibility is quite important but again it's not just flexibility for the sake of being able to you know touch you know, your toes touch your toes <laughs> it's flexibility for the sake of being able to have the mobility you need to be able to take larger steps to be able to walk up a step to be able to you know turn around and reach out in a certain direction you know and move getting the whole body to move in sync when you're doing that so you're not compromising a shoulder if you need to reach out in a funny angle to pick something up all these little things which we take for granted when we have good movement and it's only when often we you know people get injured and say for example why did i injure my shoulder and it's probably because the whole upper body was not working in sync giving you that range of movement that
0: you needed in order to do a task and this is so important and i know we're going to talk about this today but sometimes The barriers to exercise can be that very fact. I don't want to strain my ankle again. I don't want to hurt my knee. I don't want to hurt my shoulder, my neck's stiff. You know, if I'm in too much pain or discomfort, I won't sleep at night. And I know we're going to talk about this, but I just thought about it. Angela's here. I was going to say modelling is not quite the word. She's (laughs) moving. (laughs) She's moving out. out. Reaching (laughs) out. Compromising (laughs) sally Ann's furniture with my big (laughs) arm movements. And so uh, I was just as I was watching Angela, I was thinking, yeah, this is what ladies tell me. Yeah. They're fearful that if they do something, they will stir up an old injury or strain themselves.
1: Absolutely. And look, let's talk about balance in that same in that same, I guess, um, conversation there, because that is a classic example of how the fear of falling makes us actually take smaller movements you know being a bit more careful a bit slower with how we actually do something because of that fear that fear of falling is quite real and because of that you you lose range of movement we start to lose the ability of our legs to you know to take those larger steps we lose the ability to walk backwards the movement pattern which is I find very pronounced in an older clients that I have yeah because
0: it's the fear of falling back yeah and yet that movement can save us from being hit by something that's right you yes. know i had a very near miss situation quite a few years ago i'd been for a massage and i stepped out to cross the road and this car came and if i hadn't been able to step back quickly mm-hmm. even yes. though i was in a very relaxed very like zen place exactly <laughs> it's like I could step back. Yes. And so And doing it
1: without really having to think about it, you know, exactly. just knowing that you've got like that the, the confidence in your body to do that. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah so there's those.
1: Um another one is power.
0: Yes, this is something that you, we were talking about. We were talking before, about that, and, this, I, and something I hadn't even thought about. And
1: it's something that I feel very strongly about because a much of our, I guess, the loss of mobility as we get older. Of course, it's the range range of movement, but it's that inability to actually respond fast. You know, and I'm not talking about being able to jump up in or, a single bound or dodge a car like I do. Yeah, or, or jump over a bonnet of a car <laughs> if you're a stunt woman. But it's that ability to actually propel ourselves with with some power. And we lose that as we get older. And, you know, we could go into it because there are, you know, fast twitch and low twitch muscles. And it's the fast twitch muscles we tend to lose because we we don't uh, practice doing those types of movements. And it's a perpetual thing. The less we do those types of power moves, the less we are able to respond differently. And where this is quite important, for instance, is let's say you, you do sort of trip. And you need to catch yourself before you fall down. How quickly you can physically get that leg, you know, to move, you know, 30 centimetres to somewhere where you can put yourself down soundly is going to make a difference between you falling over and potentially breaking your hip. So having that ability to move really, you know, respond to external stimuli very quickly is important. But unless we practice it, unless we keep those fast twitch muscles exercising in that way, we tend to lose that this is where people that do types of movements such as dancing or tennis means where you do have a lot of fast slow fast slow movements really try to you know get those muscles moving in those ways but something that if we're just walking and we're just in the gym doing strength training we're never going to actually exercise that way unless you say incorporated yeah. into those activities and there's nothing to say you can't do little power walking no. and then the slowing down
0: power walking or jogging and so if, down. if we were doing bush walking mm-hmm. and we did have to sort of go across a creek or dodge rocks yeah. does that is that absolutely does yeah. that help in it, terms do, of this it does power
1: stuff? it does yeah. but but again it's one of those things that unless you're doing it quite a lot. Um, I know I've I've come back from an injury and gone to cross actually was you know rocks on a creek and just feeling staying there on the edge and thinking I don't know if I can do this or not you know we've all had that moment can I do this can't I how do you know whether you can do it or not? Well, you practice it. Yes. Yeah, you do it yeah. you, know, you do it frequently. <laughs> Lots yeah. of bushwalks with creeks, I guess, for you, sally Ann. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Or
1: even in a gym, you know, people that are in a gym setting, doing types of moves which also require an element of power yeah. rather than just the, the twirl, stop you know, slow repetitions yes. of a move and then moving on yeah. to the next exercise. You know, maybe it is doing some, you know, fast squats where you go down slowly in a squat and then you come up really quickly. You yeah. know, that's a power move. Yeah. Reaching... Your arms up going down and then just reaching up for the sky really quickly almost as if you're trying to jump up you can jump up and if you can't jump up at least come up onto your the balls of your feet and your toes because that mimics the same movement in the body as a jump so just that reach right up you know very quickly and then back down reach up and it gets your heart rate up too
0: (laughs) it certainly does (laughs) so how do we go about making sure we have all of these different types of exercises as part of maybe an exercise routine but even just in our everyday life so we're not kind of thinking or oh, have i thought about flexibility if i thought about balance if i thought about power How's my yeah, heart rate going? How, how do we do I know, it's a bit toys? hard to
1: do that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have enough days in the week. You know, today's my strength workout. Tomorrow is my balance workout. The day after yeah. it's my coordination workout and so on. L- look, the reality is I don't think any of us can really, um, un- you know, unless you're an athlete who has to do this as part of a, you know, structured regiment, and it's your full-time job, I don't think any of us can really realistically fit in, you know, specific workouts for any of these types of things. What we tend to then have to do is just look at our lives, you know, where we are if we're just starting out then really the, the starting point is just getting out for walk and that's going to tick a few things you're going to do an element of um, you know, obviously heart health which is most important one an element of flexibility and mobility because you're going to have to do different sort of you know long strides here and there to try and get over you know sort of cracks in the pavement or what else as well you're working on your balance you can actually start to do power walking in it you're starting to incorporate an element of power in there as well so that's that's probably a starting point but from there I think you have to look at what you love as well and try to incorporate as many of these things in it I'll just give you my example okay I really love dance so I'm the Zumba queen I love Zumba and Zumba ticks a lot of these boxes definitely heart health definitely a lot of balance because of the fact that we're moving from one foot to the other in different directions all the time we're rotating our bodies um, that an element of power because a lot of the moves involve dynamic movement that we're doing as well and coordination which we didn't really talk too strongly about but again being able to coordinate your arms with your legs is something that we lose as we get older and a lot of illnesses like Parkinson's are an area where you know people sadly lose coordination almost completely um, so having that in, in your regime is quite important but you can get that in other things as well yeah so that's me so I would do that I love Pilates so I do a lot of Pilates and I do a little bit of strength training but I'd say Pilates and Zumbra my too that touch on most of these okay mm. for the next person it could be tennis or squash, which I love, and it could be being in a gym and doing strength training and maybe go to class once a week as well. Yeah. What would you say, how would
0: you tick a few books? I you were going like <laughs> this, and she didn't prepare me before the recording. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sitting here thinking about what I do. Well, mm-hmm. certainly at the moment, I'm doing two quite full-on bushwalks mm-hmm. a week, and... It's probably I don't know. Is stair climbing considered power? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So that's because where mine's really, coming. Especially if you're, you know,
1: you're really having to propel. Especially if the big steps and you're really having to use an yeah. element of yeah.
0: Know. So I've definitely got the bushwalking, okay. and there is some dodging because it is you know, mm. walking tracks and overfallen logs and creek crossings and that sort of thing. So that involves coordination? Do- dodging the puddles. Yes, Although I balance. tend to wear my <laughs> Gore-Tex shoes, so I don't have to worry about that so much. And then I incorporate yoga, probably more for the flexibility, strength. And the other thing I do strength-related is in doing things for the horse, you yeah. know, moving things around for her in terms of food, carrying buckets of water, so I probably do cover most yeah. of the things, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the way to look at it. And many of us will probably incorporate a bit of the, this in our jobs as well. I have a, I have one lady who works in a warehouse. We don't need to do any strength training because she's moving boxes around and and you know reaching up and down and she's significantly stronger than i ever will be in a gym setting so so for her we look at other things such as you know balance and flexibility you know things that her you know she doesn't get from her day-to-day movements as well so it's not just regimented exercise that we're looking at here it's also looking at what do our lifestyles look like what are what are our jobs i mean you having to feed your you know your horse you're going to be doing a lot of you know lifting and carrying and the rest of it that's that is strength
0: training it doesn't yeah. have to be so structured yeah no that's yeah. right yeah so when it comes to looking at barriers to exercise what things do women kind of come forward with you know the in your work mm-hmm. and or things that concerns you for some women that you work with as well i'd say
1: prob- there's a few things uh, that come up um we are human after all i'd say probably pelvic um pelvic floor issues of, you know, significantly more common than people realise. They reckon that most women, you know, especially women that have had children, um, will have some element of pelvic floor dysfunction by the time they come to menopause as well. And it is something that sadly often, you know, stops women from doing things. And you can totally understand why there's a reluctance there to to want to, to go there if you feel that you're not in control of, um, you know, your pelvic floor as well. Okay. It doesn't make exercising fun, you know. And again, it brings fear of a no. different sort into what you're trying I, to do. And I
0: can remember now, and of course I had no idea what my mum was talking about back then, but she said, I can't run because I'll wet my pants. Yeah. And, and it's... it's- I just never thought about it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but I know ladies in our community are impacted by urinary, in, you know, urinary incontinence. So, right. um, and often, and, and that is also um,
1: enhanced at midlife because as we lose estrogen, which we've talked about another time, we lose that elasticity through those muscles. So the the muscles, you know, pelvic floor mm-hmm. muscles just do not respond. They don't contract and release as as well as they would in a in a younger, yeah. healthier female specimen. <laughs>
0: yeah. yes. but, but there mm. there is help for this, which is really great. And, Absol- and I don't think a lot of women realise. That's that. right. And look, for many women, um, even
1: doing Pilates is a, is a massive um, helps massively because much of it is learning how to um, how to exercise with it. And your breath and how you breathe during exercise um, has quite a profound impact on it because you want to be working with your body and learning to actually know when in your breath to contract and when to release so that you're doing the harder bit of ex- you know the harder mm. part of an exercise when you're protected yes. you know and that's in your in your breath cycle so that's something that it's very hard to, to go over <laughs> in a podcast so there's no substitute for actually you know yeah. you know you know going to a class and actually doing that but also uh, seeing um, a physiotherapist you know we, we now have um, um, a lot of pelvic uh, women you know sorry, sorry physiotherapists male and female that specialize in pelvic health. And not many women actually are aware that this is there is a lot that they can do yeah. to assist women in this area. Um, and I know with with clients that I've referred to physiotherapists, I've had ladies coming back being in these ladies in their late 60s mm-hmm. and 70s saying that, oh my gosh, I just never thought I would be able to. To, to somehow learn to manage this, you know, yeah. to that extent. No, it's so, fabulous. And it's one thing that, you know, we, and it's quite sad because I think a lot of the um, a lot of the talk that we give each other as women, especially historically, was, well, like, what do you expect? You? You've had children now. That's going to be your life. And it, it's not true at all, you know. Much of it is how soon after a woman's had given birth that she goes to see a physiotherapist to actually help her if she's, if she's not totally healed within, say, three to six months. Um, To get some help with it, and that's really important for many women to make sure that they get assistance, you know, within say the first six months or two year after childbirth, because that'll actually help them, you know, heal, so that they can actually exercise better later on, rather than just accepting this because they're too busy looking after their baby and they don't look after themselves as much. No, Mm -hmm. that's so true. So that's number one. But another one too, which we don't even um, hear about, is. um, um it's
0: something called the Q angle. Have you ever heard about this? Well, I have because <laughs> I asked you about it before we started recording because she did ask me. Angela asked me, "Do you know what the Q angle is?" And I looked at her much to say, "What on the earth are you talking about?" Okay. But this is fascinating. It is, and it's worth
1: googling this if if you find that what I'm saying is of interest to you. So Q angle is the angle of your quadricep as it comes down into your knee. So the quadricep is the thigh muscle, okay? And so and if you compare a say skeleton a pelvic, you know, pelvis of a woman to a man, most women have a wider pelvis than men, which means that the, when our legs come down from our pelvis down to our knees, it's actually coming as an inward angle down to the knees. Whereas for a, a male or for even ladies that have got more of a boyish type pelvis, you know, skin, you know a, a, sort of Slim. a, a slimmer pelvis, your legs will be directly, you know, vertical down to your knees. Now, because for many women it comes down an angle, it means that our knees are actually um yeah so essentially puts a lot of strain on the knee very prone to issues with say early osteoarthritis in the knees also acl injuries as well so the tendons right through the inside and the back of the knees and that can often lead to injuries in in exercise and there's a reason why you don't see too many pear-shaped marathon runners because that constant pounding on the pavement would create injuries for any woman with a wider pelvis trying to actually be very good at this sort of sport
0: yeah no i think that is just really great advice angela and and Information because we don't think about that, and we even mm. go back to thinking about when we had sports days at primary school, and everybody had to do the fun run, and everybody had to do athletics, and yeah. all of that. And and it's not the way we're designed to be, no, you know. Not. And we can get, and often, you know, as kids, we'll say, "Well, I used to
1: be able to run, but I can't do that." You know, when you're an adult, and there's a reason you can't do it because your body has it's developed changed. into a woman's body with a woman's pelvis and because of that it's just not comfortable and you know you're prone to injuries you know your body's not designed to to sort of do you know running in that way as well and I think we tend to find that we gravitate to the types of sports that work for our body types as well and you know and I think it's a good one to just to be aware of that if you're really pushing because you want to to do that marathon and your body's
0: always getting you're always (laughs) getting
1: injured Look, maybe that's just a, really something to really listen to. You know, do, walk it, don't run it. You know, don't put that extra pounding on your knees because that would possibly lead to injury as well. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things Or well, what types of exercises work well for women and some things work better than others. You know, we tend to be good at dancing. We Women tend to be quite good at strength training, you know, yeah. especially women that are, that are quite, you know, have got sort of the more sort of wider hips as well. Mm. But
0: learning to adjust and how you hold yourself in positions for your body type. Yeah. yeah. And ladies, Angela's got something really exciting to offer you in terms of getting a taste for these different exercises in terms of her online program and I just want to mention (laughs) we forgot to say this at the beginning when we're talking about International Women's Day is that it's The theme this year is Mm. about technology and improving access to online resources for women, but also involvement with technologies. Oh, that ties in very nicely into
1: what I was going to say, because I do have an online membership and it's very Pilates centric and, and, and it is Pilates centric because I find it's an exercise that works for a lot of women, especially midlife, which is where I'm, I'm at and you know many of my clients are. And I'm offering a 14 days free trial for, for ladies that would like to actually um, try doing it. And within the membership, I introduce a new video each week. They're always a little bit different. Some of them are as short as 10 minutes, others are, can be up to about 45 minutes or an hour long. And focusing on movement that really works with your body that um, is comfortable it, it doesn't create any friction and
0: helps women to find position that you know that they're comfortable with. Yeah no that's great Angela because you were telling me on air too that this online program actually helps women to adapt the exercises in some ways to to better suit them as well. So it's all about learning about our bodies. And what works for us, isn't it? That's right. And with any exercise, um, there's always going to be different ways of doing it. We have to adapt it.
1: Whether it's because we're not comfortable putting weight on our knees on a floor, because we can't put our wrists down, because it's uncomfortable. In which case, you find other ways of actually doing the exercise. And also knowing that. Look, and 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 it, and where this is very important is that you don't want because we don't want exercise to be a hindrance to us. We want to be able to be comfortable with what we can do, what we can adapt. So whenever you go into doing, say, let's say an exercise class, whether it's online, say with me, or it's in a, um, a setting somewhere locally to you, and the instructor says do this, well, you already know that that's not how you do it. You do it this way and you are comfortable settling into your method of doing that exercise because you know that that's what works for your body
0: yeah no Angela that's a lovely offer so ladies I will make sure the link to Angela's online program that free 14-day trial is available in this episode's note so Angela I know we've covered so much but there's so much more to share and I look forward to doing that in future episodes with you okay thanks sally I'll see you next time you have been listening to the Eating For You podcast with sally Pisk. If you're looking for a resource to guide you in a lifelong way of eating, then take a look at the Eating For You book. I have included the link to the book in this episode's notes.